Welcome back to another episode of NFT Headlines with Metaverse Land Club. My name is Robin Copernicus, and again, this is the Think Tank Toolkit community for investor entrepreneurs looking to grow generational wealth. And we have a really exciting show for you today. So let's go straight to the price for Ethereum and gas. So what we're seeing in the Discord right now on our Ethereum price bot, Ethereum is at $1,200. It fell from $1,700. We had one one episode, can Ethereum go below $1,700? And we said, yes, definitely can go below $1,700. It's at $1,211 right now, and it's been pretty volatile. And one of the reasons it's been volatile is because just volume has been a little bit lower than usual, so it's easier to move the price. And we've seen the price go below $1,200, and now you know, the next support would probably be around 800. So people are just waiting around that. There hasn't been that much activity other than really just sell-offs. And we'll take a look at OpenSea and how that's going. Actually, let me just open up OpenSea right now. What you're seeing is the seven-day volume has been really high. It's kind of drying up right now and the prices for most of the blue chip assets have been falling so volume is falling and the price is falling and my question to you is if you know how to read volume what does that mean go ahead and put it in the comments all right let's go right into the top headlines so the thing about having a weekly show is the top headline usually sometimes isn't the biggest headlines but again if you're watching this show it's probably because you're not in the markets every single day and you're just trying to catch up or you're just trying to review what happened over the last week so the biggest news of this week this past week has been celsius and binance they both halted btc withdrawals and there's a few articles out there that are saying that because of the halt the so without sharing actually a lot of what went into it, because you can watch other videos. I think CoffeeZilla has one about Celsius. To learn a little bit more about that, I'll share my thoughts on kind of what's been going on. So what I've seen is a lot of headlines say that the reason why crypto fell is because Celsius halted Bitcoin. But that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because if you're thinking about a bank run and you think about a bank giving out cash that let's just say in this world this cash is not fiat it's actually backed by it's a note backed by hard assets right so it's backed by gold and you get these notes and you want to turn them in for gold well the more people that turn these notes in for gold and if the bank doesn't have gold left and they have more notes or more currency that's backed by gold outstanding then you're going to have a lot of panic people are going to want to withdraw as much gold as possible before all the gold's gone and the the notes are not worth anything. So the same thing kind of happened with Celsius. Celsius, people are trying to withdraw Bitcoin out of Celsius. But the thing is, a lot of the assets that are within Celsius, they are illiquid. So a lot of the assets were staked in a wrapped version of ETH, a staked ETH. And because of that, they couldn't pull that liquidity out, so they had to halt these BTC withdrawals. But does that actually make BTC fall in price? And if you use that that banknote example that I gave with the gold, well, of course it shouldn't make BTC go down in price because that would mean if there's a bank run 
that mean the that would mean the price of gold would go down in price and that doesn't make any sense right like if if people are trying to get gold out and basically those banknotes are worthless because they can't pull their gold out there's a bank run the price of gold wouldn't go down so in the same way the price of bitcoin wouldn't go down either so if people are trying to to tie the two together i think that's that's yeah it doesn't make sense to me i th- i think the reason for crypto just going down is because market sentiment does not look good we believe a lot of people believe that the fed is going to do a lot more quantitative tightening so that means they're going to re- increase interest rates to reduce borrowing and bring in bring a lot of this cash back in so people just need the liquidity and and that's why you see these prices falling. So Celsius Celsius and Binance they did both halt BTC withdrawals, but I still believe in the future of BTC and ETH and I'll actually put a, another video out very soon on how to survive kind of this big upset that's happening not only in the crypto markets, the NFT markets, but also every market, the housing market, the stock market, just overall worldwide things are are getting a lot more volatile and these will definitely be interesting times and i think you're really going to enjoy that next video that i will launch very soon all right the road to nft adoption so very first thing there is going to be a corvette nft so chevy is going to release a corvette nft and this corvette nft so you can see the artwork for this nft right now it's from an artist called exulo and you see this mint green Corvette. And they did that color on purpose, minted green, get it? So this minted green Corvette, if you win the NFT, you will also get a Corvette. So it's a one-on-one Corvette. What makes it a one-on-one is just an option code that ties it to the NFT and also the paint job. The paint job will be of one-of-one paint job. No other, at least from the factory, no other Corvette will have this minted green paint job. So Chevy is jumping into NFTs and yeah, I think I think it will it will sell even though you see a market going down because someone that's in the market for a Corvette they're going to be like, you know what, why don't I spend $5,000 more to get this piece of artwork from Exulo and this one-of-one Corvette. All right, PayPal allows crypto withdrawals, and that's kind of big. If you're looking at these screens right now, you can see that they have a KYC process, but now PayPal is going to allow you to transact with crypto and not only will you be able to transact with crypto but you will able to be you will be able to send your nfts to your paypal wallet and then once they're in your paypal wallet you can also sell your nfts for us dollars so this bridge between the us currency markets and the fiat markets with the crypto markets are starting to converge more and more and more and paypal is huge nearly everyone that you if you're watching this show you probably know everyone that you know probably uses paypal and now paypal is going to jump into crypto and that's going to move adoption much further along because it's getting much easier to get into crypto right you don't have to worry about getting into metamask wallets you already have paypal on your phone and it's a good way to start all right cutter airways announces their own metaverse and this is kind of boring news but yeah, they have this Q-verse coming out where now you can go to the ticket counter 
in their own kind of metaverse. So I say it's boring because really what they're just doing, it's just a 3D website and it's going to be launched in a week from now on the 22nd. And Cutters, this is not the first time they're jumping into NFTs and the metaverse. I think on the show before, we've we've mentioned some of the NFTs that they're coming out with. And NFTs are super popular in the Middle East. I was actually very surprised to learn that there's a lot of Middle Eastern artists that are only popular in the Middle East that have done NFT concerts that have sold for ridiculous prices. So that was very interesting to hear. All right, Neil Stevenson, who is the author of Snow Crash. And if you don't know Snow Crash, Snow Crash was the book that first mentioned this concept of a metaverse. Neil Stevenson, he was the one to coin the word metaverse. He's going to launch his own metaverse. So Neil Stevenson, the author of Snow Crash, is going to launch his own metaverse. I think it's going to be on a chain called Lamina One. And this will be interesting to see. One of the interesting things about Neil Stevenson is he has a similar philosophy to the one I have. And I think to the one that Elon Musk has as well, where the future of the metaverse isn't with VR goggles or AR. It's really it's it starts with just 2D websites where you can kind of just go around in a 3D world. Right. Everyone has their iPhones, their Android phones, their laptops It's easily more accessible. This is how people access the sandbox and all these other games. They're not using VR goggles yet. And a lot a lot of people may not use these VR goggles at all. And the interesting thing is Neil Stevenson has his philosophy even though he has actually been an advisor for several VR and AR firms. So he's worked in this field where he's helped virtual reality and augmented reality technology take off. But even with his stance, when he builds out his metaverse, it's going to be a 2D metaverse. So I thought that was interesting to hear. All right, NFT trading falls. And if you're in the market, this is probably not news to you but i thought this chart was pretty cool this chart is from the block data and i've i've kind of mentioned this at the beginning when we were looking at the open sea statistics is when you start to see volume fall and price fall what does that mean so if you know what that means go ahead and put it in the comments and if you don't know what that means i will possibly do a video on how to read volume and and basically the takeaways from volume action and price action. All right, we have a section for NFTs for non-DGENs, and usually it's a, a way where NFTs are being used for good. This, I'm not sure if it's being used for good. It's kind of freaky, but it's just being used in a very different way from making money in, in a way that DGENs are used, are in a way that DGENs like the whole NFT game, right? This is for non-DGENs. So there's a law firm, Holland and Knight, they actually served a anonymous person with a restraining order by NFT. They don't know how to reach out to this person, so they just dropped it on their blockchain. This person, I think they stole around $1.2 million, and it's frozen on this blockchain. And they sent this NFT with a restraining order on the blockchain. And I'm not sure exactly how to feel about that. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's kind of crazy because if you think about it, now your credit report, right, is essentially public which could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing so if you're if for example if you go out and you know you take a lot of loans out from people and 
if I'm giving you a loan, then I would want to know how many loans you have out with other people, right? So a lot of times you would have to do this by going through the courts. And then sometimes when people take out loans, they don't even, they don't even get it certified by the courts. So they don't, even, they don't document it anywhere. But here, if you have a public NFT and if I give you a loan, I can essentially put a lien on your blockchain. I'm not sure. And I can just send out this debt request on an NFT saying, hey, you took out a loan from me. You owe me this much. And if you try to go and get a loan from somewhere else or you try to participate in any kind of DeFi structure, they might look at that and they might you know, say, hey, that doesn't look so good because it looks like you owe this person money. And now here's the other thing. Like, what if people just do that to essentially make you look bad like what if they do that to defame you right you can anonymously start creating these kind of things create personalities and say hey you know what i'm gonna make it very difficult for this for this person to get any kind of DeFi credit so i'm just gonna de defame them with all these different credit requests on the blockchain so that part is really scary and seeing how that unfolds will be interesting i think what i see happening in my mind is you're still going to have these centralized entities that will have to re retain some kind of trust. And these centralized entities will be responsible for evaluating the merit for all these different requests. So even though we're trying to go decentralized, there still seems to be, at least from my perspective, everywhere we look, a need for some type of centralization. And again, it's so early, so you know we'll see like what kind of solutions people actually come up with. All right, going straight into Landwatch. Illuvium, despite the market turndown, they actually sold out on their land sale. They collected around $28 million. Illuvium, I think the lowest price for one of their pieces of land is around 0.5 Ethereum. You can get it on the Immutable X blockchain. And yeah, they, they sold out and they collected $28 million in their land sale. On the MLC radar, we put this in the land watch, but Voxverse will start a land sale as well. And if you're not sure of what the Voxverse is, let me fill you in. So first, I'm sure you've heard of Gala Games. And if you haven't heard of Gala Games, Gala Games is building one of the largest ecosystems and at least vibrant ecosystems that I've seen for a metaverse and the Voxverse will be their metaverse home for all these other metaverses. So I'll give you an example. Gala Games has different video games out. They have one game called Townstar. They have another game called The Walking Dead, which is part of the AMC franchise. They have another game called Miranda. I think Townstar's operational Miranda's. They had a beta. The Walking Dead, they showed some land play examples, but it hasn't been out for people to play yet. All of these different video games also has an accompanying character called a Vox. And all of these Voxes will be able to meet up in the Voxverse. So anytime Gala Games puts out a product in the Gala Games ecosystem, you can expect at least the major ones to have some kind of accompanying Vox that will meet up in this Voxverse. And the things that you can do in the Voxverse will allow you to gain points, gain power, gain resources, some kind of advantage that might help you in all these other different types of games. So this is kind of a unique idea. The person that's helping to design the Voxverse is Will Wright. And if you're not sure of who Will Wright is, he's actually the father of Sim games. He He's the creator of The Sims, and he's also working on the Voxverse. And if you are a Metaverse Land Club member that bought into the Slate Mint, 
then guess what? You own a piece of the Vox Burst because within our little DAO that we have, we own one rare piece of land in the Vox Burst. And if people are watching this right now, I think what we will plan to do, and I'm, I'm just going to announce it, but yeah, if Vox Burst catches a lot of hype, we'll probably might sell it and then you know, wait for it to come back down. I don't know. We'll have to see with the rest of the members on what they want to do right now. Everything that's in there is for a long-term hold. But Voxpers is definitely one to watch out for. Gala Games is also one to watch out for because Gala Games, they just recently announced that all of their titles will now be available on Epic Games. And that is going to get a lot of eyes on Gala Games so if Voxverse is pretty much the central metaverse for this Gala Games ecosystem, this will probably be the most valuable metaverse within the Galaverse ecosystem. So if you're looking at all these other different metaverses from Decentraland, which doesn't really have that much action, Sandbox, which has a great name, great partnerships, but I'm not really you know, too sure how many people are just spending all their time on the sandbox. They've had two different alphas and it's been a while. Decentraland Sandbox, what they have best going for them is they have a really good name, right? And then you have the other world that just came out with Yuya Labs. So the the parent company of Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant Ape Yacht Club and they also bought CryptoPunks and MeBits and they're building a metaverse, right? The other side. But if you look at all the things that Gala Games is doing and the metaverses they're building, so they're not just building one metaverse, they're building an ecosystem of metaverses. The Voxverse is going to be the central metaverse to all of that. And then people that bought into the statement at Metaverse Land Club, part of our first MLC DAO, I suppose, you own, you already own a piece of the Voxverse. All right, going right into it, right-click heist. Seth Green, we reported how he lost his NFT, and I don't even know why I was laughing, because that's not a, a laughing matter. That's kind of sad, actually. Seth Green lost his NFT, but the happy part is he got it back. Seth Green has a basic NFT that he calls Fred Simeon. He's creating a TV show around it, and he lost it from a phishing hack where he thought he was able to mint something. He didn't have a burner wallet. And he went to go mint using this wallet that was holding Fred Simeon. And he lost his NFTs. The person that bought the stolen NFT, I think his username is Darkwing84. He sold it back to Seth Green. I think Darkwing84 bought it for around 106 Ethereum. I'm not sure if he asked for more. I don't think he asked for more. I think he just asked for what he paid for it. But Seth Green ended up giving him like a 60 Ethereum tip on top just for being a good Samaritan and returning the eight back. So yeah, so Seth Green has his base back. So that's good news for him. And hopefully his story will actually you know, stop other people from falling for these phishing scams because I was actually talking to a neighbor. My neighbor really doesn't know too much about NFTs, but he did hear about the Seth Green NFT thing. He didn't realize that Seth Green got his NFT back, but he did hear that it got stolen. And that at least makes the market a little bit more smart. All right, Osmosis was exploited for $5 million. So Osmosis is a crypto exchange on the cosmos platform 
And there was an exploit that allowed people to essentially grow their money really quickly. 95% of the money that was stolen was stolen by four different wallets. And here's the thing. Two of those wallets that were responsible for stealing, I think around $2 million, they actually took $226 and turned it into $2 million. They decided to give this money back. And that's really cool. That's really cool of them. If if you listen to their story, they started with $226. What they wanted to do is first they wanted to just test whether this exploit wanted to work. And when it worked, they were like, oh, my gosh, let's just try it again. And they did it again. And I'm sure it was an exhilarating feeling for them. Like, I'm sure they were excited and it made them feel awesome, made them feel good. And and they just kept doing it. And then they kind of got carried away. And while they were $2 million in, they were thinking about it like, oh, my gosh, I have $2 million. But then guilt started to creep in. And and that's a, a real good thing because, you know, we're all human and humans can let their greed get the bet you know better of them right we have these laps of judgment but their guilt said hey no this is wrong and we want to give this money back and i i like that because that's very human to admit that i did something wrong and it's it also shows that the people that are giving this money back that they have empathy they realize that what they did doesn't just benefit them but it actually hurts a lot of people where the $5 million is getting sucked out of the liquidity pool for osmosis. It hurts other people because this money is coming from other people's pockets and they felt bad about it and they gave the money back. And I think, I'm not going to say they should be commended or they should be honored for giving it back, but you know, definitely props to those two wallets that decided to give the money back because that shows that you know they're actually human they're not psychopathic they have empathy and and they thought about what it means for other people and they wanted to give this back and i think what you're going to see in the future as we start moving in the web3 world based on everything that i've talked about on this episode in terms of you know your credit reports being exposed for everyone to see everything is being tracked on the blockchain and then just with everything that's going on in the marketplace really what's going to carry you forward in the web3 space is your reputation your reputation is your best currency and if you mess up that reputation i'm pretty sure somewhere in there you know those two people that took the two million dollars you know they thought about it they're they're like two million dollars is actually really low compared to giving up my reputation which you know later on could net me five ten twenty thirty million dollars just because people think that this person's a good person you know so that might have played into some other thought process but whatever it is it's definitely going to be important the more that we go into this space the more we see more turmoil in the world nations at war russia invading ukraine if the u.s goes into civil war then it's really difficult to trust in these institutions and if the u.s dollar collapses or if any of these things collapse or you know something very easily can happen where a Venezuela could happen in the U.S. where the government decides they're going to take everything. No one owns any property anymore. What do you have left, right? If you have, if you were holding assets in dollars or property deeds or all these things, and then they just become worthless overnight, like what if there's what if there's some kind of gas attack in the U.S. and it just renders your property 
property worthless, what do you have left? All you have left is your reputation. And the more we are interconnected in this Web3 world, the more rep your reputation is going to be very important, right? So if you look at Nathaniel Chastain that essentially got indicted by the DOJ for insider trading, I mean, people know his name. I remembered his name. And he was one of the directors of OpenSea. Imagine how far that would have taken his career just being in that position if he just did the right things, if he was just legit. But he got away with around $400,000 or, or something like that. And now he, you know, he's going to serve some time in prison. And he just basically ruined his Web3 reputation. So I think your reputation is going to be the most important thing as we move forward through this Web3 world. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And I just noticed I was like showing the slides for this whole episode. Sometimes I, sh I need to alternate back between the bigger video and the slides. But I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you in the next episode. If you have any questions, please let me know in the comments. And I'm also really excited to announce this new checklist on how to evaluate different NFT deals that we will be giving out to everyone that's on our email list very soon. So I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you very much for attending. If you haven't hit, hit that like button, hit. If you have not hit that like button or subscribe, please go ahead and do that. And we will see you in the next episode. All right. My name is Robin Copernicus. Boom, bam. I'm out.